Hello, and welcome to a new chilek. We're beginning chilek Yudalid, a new chilek in the Kutasichas. We'll be learning the Sicha of Dvarim Aleph, an incredible Sicha where we're going to ask a question in Adashi, which is uh, somewhat to be expected. But in the course of the Sicha, we're going to see how the entire Pasuk which, according to Rashi, is coming as divrei teichacha, as words of reproach to the Yidin, is actually, has actually hidden within it words of limutzchus. So the very thing that you think the Pasuk is coming to do is between the lines and behind the scenes, you have Pasuk limutzchus, a defense, a... a, 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 a a way to defend the Yidin, even for these things that they were being reproached for. And of course, with a very powerful lesson at the end that's connected to this time of the year as we approach Tisha B'Av. So we're beginning the Sichel Dvarim Chelek Yudalad Dvarim Aleph. But Chilas Parshas say no. The Parshas Dvarim begins with its Kedai to have a to have a chumash or to look into a chumash um if not now then a little bit later when he goes through the whole pasik but these are the words that Moshe speaks and as she says that these are words of teichacha and this pasik is uh, counting is mentioning the various places where the Eden angered hashem and because he uh, he uh and because he wants to retain the dignity of the Yidin, the covet of the Yidin, therefore he mentions these things in, in, in a hint, in a remez. Not, uh, uh, does not men- say it explicitly because of uh, the dignity, the covet of the Yidin. And he says, Bamidbar. Bamidbar Rashi says, I'll just go through it quickly. Bamidbar is referring to the fact that the Yidin angered Hashem in the Midbar and did not want to be in the Midbar. The Pasuk says, Miyitain Museinu Bamidbar Miyad Hashem Be'eretz Mitzrayim Bishifteinu Asir HaBosar V'achleinu Lechem Laseva Why didn't we die? Why couldn't we have died in Mitzrayim when we sat on a pot of meat? We ate bread to satisfaction. Why did you bring us out to this Midbar? Barava refers to what happened with the Benais Mayav, with the daughters of Mayav, the Avedazara, and the Znus that takes place in Arvis Mayav. Mayav Suf refers to the rebellion of the Yidden by the Yamsuf. There was two, one going into the Yamsuf, one going out of the Yamsuf. We'll mention this more at length later on in the Sicha. Ben Paran Uvein Teifel Velavan. So Paran Rashi says refers to the Chetam Raglim, which happened in Midbar Paran. And Teifel Velavan, as we'll see in a moment in the Sicha, Rashi says that we, there's no place that's it's called Teifel or Lavan. So it must be that, Rashi, that, that Moshe Rabbeinu here is giving them Teichacha on the fact that they spoke slanderously about the man which was white. Teifel comes from the word Taflu, which is speaking uh, uh, you know, negative words. And Lavan refers to the man which was white. And they said, 
our, 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 our souls are disgusted by this rotten or by this disgusting bread. Chatzeres refers to the Machlekes of Kairach. And then comes the Dizav, and that's the Rashi that we're telling Zachan, that we are stopping today to discuss. The Dizav says, Rashi, he reproached them about the Egel, the golden calf, which they made because of or with the abundance of gold that they had. I gave them lots of silver and gold, which they used for a Baal, which they used for an idol. So that's the Dashi. Even though in the first Dashi, Rashi already mentioned that this whole Pasik consists of words of Techacha, words of reproach. Itemizes here all the places that the Eden angered Hashem. Nevertheless, in the beginning of this Rashi, on the words Vidizav, Rashi uses the word Hechichon. He reproached them. Seemingly a superfluous word. Because the Rashi already said in the beginning of the Pasik that all of these are Divrei Techacha. So why is it necessary for Rashi to say again the word Hechichon? The reason for this is because the, the Dizav is not included in the places mentioned in the Pasuk. Because Rashi holds that Dizav is not the name of a place. Since it's not a place, so it's not in the in the included in the rest of the places that are hinting to Something that they need to be reproached for. So, so therefore we may not know that Dizav is, even though it's not a place, is still part of the Teichacha. Therefore Rashi says the word that he was reproaching them. Even though when it came to the places, etc. Rashi didn't say the word Heichichan. And over here he says, And Rashi is telling us, he's emphasizing that Dizav is not a place, and the name of a place, and the name is alluding to the Teichacha. Dizav is not the place, but it is the words that are hinting to the Teichacha ala Egel, on the golden calf. Hechichan ala Egel v'chulu. Uke pirushi al ubein teifel v'lavan. And like Rashi says, on the words of ubein teifel v'lavan, hechichan, also there Rashi says the word hechichan, that he reproached them. Al hadvarim, on the words, shetoflu, that they complained, or that they spoke slanderously. Al hamon, shehu lavan, on the mon, which was white. Ki gam teifel v'lavan. Also, Tev of Olavon is not a name of a place, and therefore also over there Rashi has to use the word Hechichon. So, the first thing this paragraph is explaining to us is why Rashi adds in the word Hechichon, and explains that both by Tev of Olavon and by Dizav, since they are not names of places, 
one may not know what their purpose here is in the Pasuk. And therefore Rashi has to emphasize that they're also here, even though they're not names of places, they are here as a part of the Teichachim. Why Take? What compels Rashi to say that Dizov is not the name of a place? We can answer this simply. We don't find anywhere in Chumash a place that's named Dizov. And this would be just like Rashi says explicitly, clearly, in this Rashi on the words Teva Velavan. Chazarnu, in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai, Chazarnu al Kola Mikra, we searched, we reviewed the entire Chumash. We don't find any place that is called Teva Velavan. Therefore, it must be the Teva Velavan is the Techecha on the month that was. That was that was white. Similarly, also over here, since there's no place in the Torah that's called Dizav, it must mean that Dizav is the Torah, but not the name of a place. And like he says in Ha'ara 5, and therefore Rashi doesn't have to say explicitly that Dizav is not the name of a place, because he already explained that in the Rashi on Tezal Velavon, that we looked through the whole Chumash, we didn't find a place, and therefore a Chichan Alamon, so also over here, by, this, by the very fact that he uses the word Hayichichan, he's alluding to what he said previously, that there's no such place. And therefore, the word Dizav is solely here as part of the Teichicha, and not as the name of a place. But therefore, we must understand. Why should we not say that it's the name of a place? We find various places in the Torah that the name of the place is named after an event that occurred there. Rashi, in, in, in Artist 7, he brings a few examples. To mention a few, in Parshus Noyach, he mentions Bavel. Because Bavel Hashem, the Abishter confused all the languages, therefore it was called Bavel. Be'er Sheva was called Be'er Sheva because of the Shvua that was made between Yitzchak and Abimelech. Ovel Mitzrayim in the end of Parsons Vayechi, in the place called, was, that was Geir and Ha'atod, they named it Evel Mitzrayim because the Mitzrayim all mourned after Yankiv Avinu. Parsons Beshalach mentions Masa Umeriva, Masa as Meloshan Nisisem, you tested Hashem, and Meriva because you argued, you fought against Hashem. And in Parsha Shlach, it says Nachal Eshkel. They named the place Nachal Eshkel because of the, the big Eshkel, the big uh, uh, bundles of grapes that the Yidden brought, that the Miraglim brought from, from Eretz Yisrael. So we see the name of a place is named after an event that occurred there. So why can't we say that Dizov is the name of that place and it was called Dizov because of the Egel Azov that was created there? And even though you don't find any other place in the Torah that's called Dizov, there are numerous places in Torah that are mentioned only one time, and maybe this one time, Dizov, this is the one time, he doesn't have to say it again. By mentioning it here, he's mentioning Dizov, the place that was, that was named Dizov, because of the Eglazov that was there. 
So the question on the Rashi is, how does Rashi know that Dizav is not the name of a place? And you can't compare it to Tefal Vilavan, which also is not the name of a place. And we're not asking why Tefal Vilavan. It says clearly, You can't say that the, the place would be called Tefal Vilavan because of the complaint that the Yidin had on the man which was white. If you're naming a city, or a place rather, after an event that occurred there, after something that happened there, the name has to consist of either the event that happened, or the thing with which the event occurred, Pu'ula really means, uh, means an action, not an event. But it's just, event is an easier word to use. Or the cause of the event. So either you have to have what, what it was, or the, what was the event, what happened there, or the thing that it happened with, or the cause, what made it happen, what, the, what was behind it all. In the case of Tev of Lavan, the fact that the man is white, who in his daddy, Ba'amon, is only a, a detail in the man. And it's not like Zohav, which seems to be a much more a primary ingredient in the whole Egel Azov, in the whole golden calf. It was Zohav was the main detail of it. So the love on part, because the fact that it was white seems like only a detail. So it can't be, you can't be relying on love on to name the place. And teufel, which means that they spoke slanderously, they spoke negatively, without the word velavan. It doesn't represent a unique, a specific sin. All of the chatoim, all of the Yidin Zavedis was a complaint on something. They complained about the mon, they complained about the not, being, not having meat, they complained about not having water, they complained about not wanting to go into Yisrael, they complained, everything was, was complaints. So Toflu by itself can't be the cause of a name of a place because you don't know what the complaint was. And the fact that they complained about Lavan, Lavan is white, there's only a detail in the Mon, that wouldn't either be the cause of naming the place. Therefore, it makes sense to say, So it doesn't make sense to say that Tefal Lavan would be the name of a place that's named after the fact that they complained about the Mon, if the Mon is hardly mentioned here. The color white is mentioned, but that's only a detail in the mon. So if you wanted to, since the main complaint was about the mon, so the mon would have to be in the name and something more than just the color of the mon. So therefore it's, it's, it's 
not uh, 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 it's not logical to say that Teufel Velovan will be the name of a place. And therefore, we're not asking about that. And Rashi says clearly that we know that Teufel Velovan is not a place. In the word Dizov, this contains the cause of the sin. They did it because of the gold, the abundance of gold that they had. So why can't we say that the Dizov is one of the places that Moshe is talking about and it was named Dizov because of the gold that was there that caused the the, the, the Hegel. It's also not understood as follows. The content of this Rashi, the message of this Rashi, that the, that the gold was the cause of the sin of the Egel. Rashi already mentioned the Parashat is coming before the Yemishter and he's begging the Yemishter to forgive the Yidin. And he says the eight that the Eden made for themselves a god of gold. Upirish Rashi and the words of the Kizov, Rashi explains, Atahu Shagaramtolem, you caused it. Sheshpaitolem Zavikhalchevsam, you gave them gold and you gave them all of these belongings. You gave them so much. What do you want from them? What can they do? Not to sin. So Rashi says that because of the gold that you gave them, Hashem, that caused the sin. And if, like Rashi over here, you're going to tell me that you need a raya, that the yidden, that the gold was the cause for it, from the Pasik that Rashi brings here, that I gave them gold and I gave them abundance of silver and gold. And they made for the, they made for it a ba- they made with it a baal. Havale l'rashi l'havi araye b'parshas kisisa. Rashi should have brought this pasuk in kisisa. Shabbat ne'marin yizeb b'pamarishayna because the, one of the rules of Rashi is that if you have to bring a raya to a concept, a concept that's discussed more than once in Rashi, Rashi will bring the raya in the first time the concept is mentioned. So if, there's an, if the Pasuk is necessary, why does Rashi not bring the Pasuk in Parshas Kisisa and waits over here till Parshas Dvarim to bring this Pasuk? Pasuk is from Aishaya, it's a Pasuk from Nach. So we have two questions. Number one, how does Rashi know that Dizov is not a place? Number two, why does Rashi bring this, this, this Pasuk, the Kesav Yerbeisilehem, why does Rashi bring this Pasuk here and not in Parshas Kisisa? So to answer this question, we're going to go backwards. We're going to answer the second question first. We're going to answer why does Rashi not bring this Pasuk of the Kesavir Beisilohem in Kisisa? Why does Rashi Bechlal have to explain this, this whole idea in Parshas Kisisa that it was the gold that caused the sin? Why couldn't they just say they made a golden calf? I'm coming to ask you whatever. Okay, so that's, that's what they did. Why does Rashi Bechlal have to bring in this whole union of the fact that, they, uh, that the gold caused them to sin? 
Because without that explanation, there's the the the, the Moses introduction is raises a great question. This, the nation sinned a great sin. They made themselves for themselves a god of gold. And this seems like a reason for his request that comes immediately. Now, please forgive them. To emphasize the chata, the great sin that the Yidin did, to making themselves a, gold, a golden god, seems to be the exact opposite of a reason why, why, why they should be forgiven. So, so the, the flow of Moshe's presentation doesn't fit? Doesn't, it's not understood? Therefore, we must say, that in these words of he's bringing a reason and a detail, an excuse that minimizes the sin. Even though you can't minimize the actual sin. Because it was the like the pasuk says, Moshe says the, this: the nation sinned a great sin. But Maktin Shaychus VeKesher Bnei Yisrael LaChet LeSibosay, he minimizes the connection to the Chet to the reason why the sin happened. So the sin was a big sin, but Moshe Rabbeinu is still trying to defend the Yidden by minimizing the 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 connection, the cause and the effect for the Yidden. So therefore Rashi says that Moshe's intention was to say, You, Ebishter, are the one who caused the sin. And with this he was defending the Yidden. They are not so guilty in this sin. You gave them all this gold. What did you want from them? What did you expect from them? You gave them so much gold. Alpiza, move on. According to this, we'll understand that there is a fundamental difference according to Pshutei Shal Mikra, because I'll, I'll, I'll mention in a moment that uh, there is another way to learn this, but according to Pshutei Shal Mikra, there is a fundamental difference between the mentioning of the gold in Parshas Kisisa and the mentioning of the gold in Parshas Dvarim. The Parshas Kisisa Amrei Moshe Lakadish Baruch Hu Bikavon Olalamid Zchus Al Yisrael Ulahaktim Sibas Chato. In Parshas Kisisa, Moshe Rabbeinu mentions the gold to defend the Yidden and to minimize the reason for their chet. It was the Eibush's fault. The Eibush that gave them the gold. But in our Parsha, where Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to the Yidden with the intent of reproaching them, he has to emphasize the greatness of the sin, and therefore it's the exact opposite of Parsha's Kisisa. Just to make two points before we, we go back to the Pasik and why the Pasik fits in over there and not over here. In Ara 13, he brings 
from the Gemara in, sorry, in Ara 14, he brings from the Gemara in Brachis, where the Gemara in Brachis says that Dvedev Yanai said, that Moses said to the Abishtern, Rebbeinu Shalelam, Bishvil Kesev, Vizov, Sheishpaitolem, Yisrael, Ad Sha'amru Dai, Hu Garam Shasu Esaegam. Rebbeinu Shalelam, because you gave them so much gold, so much so that they had to say, Dai, it's enough, it's enough, that's what caused the Egel. So, and, and later in the Gemara, it says, How do you know that the Abishter actually changed this, actually went back to, to those, in other words, accepted Moshe's argument and forgave the Yidin? And he agreed to Moshe that it wasn't the Yidin's fault. And he brings back the Pasuk from our, from our, that, that, that Rashi brings here. So the Gemara in Brachis is saying, is saying this Pasik and saying this, the Dizav as a Limutzchos. But in Psute Shal Mikra says the Rebbe, the Dizav is part of the Teichacha. And it's not a Limutzchos. The exact opposite of Parsis Gizisa, which is a Limutzchos. So that's the important detail here. The fundamental difference between Parshas Kisisa and Parshas Dvarim is in Parshas Kisisa, Meshe Rabbeinu is davening for the Yidin, for the Abishter to forgive them, and therefore he's trying his best to be and the fact that there was gold over here is Atahushe Ishpaitalem, you Abishter gave it to them, and therefore it's not their fault. Masha'inki in the Parshas Dvarim, Meshe is out to be Mechiach them, because he doesn't want them to do it again. And therefore, he has to emphasize how terrible it was what they did to hopefully convince them to never do it again. And we have to move on, and based on this, we'll understand. So, E. Evsher, the Rashi. Hamifares, Tutishal Mikra, the Rashi was following Tutishal Mikra. That the Dizav is, uh, is, is a Teichacha, cannot, so, so in Lahavi, in, in Parsus Kisisa, he can't bring. E. Evsher, the Rashi, Lahavi, in Parsus Kisisa, Kosov, the Kesevir, Vesi, Lam, Vizav, Asulabal. This Pasik doesn't fit in the Kisisa. This Pasuk emphasizes that the money, the, the, the silver and the gold that Hashem gave them, not just a gift, but I gave it to them in abundance. They used the very thing that the Abishter gave them, they used this to go against Abishter's will. This detail highlights and emphasizes the greatness of the sin. You see, the Pasik of the Kasef Vizov, the Kasef in Basilem, Vizov also Labal, according to the Pashtab Shat, is basically a reproach to the Yidden. Here I gave you gold and silver, and you went and made a Baal out of it, made a gachka out of it. So since the Pasik is a sort of a Techecha to the Yidden, Rashi can't use it in Parshas Kisisa because he's trying to avoid being Moichiach the Yidin. On the contrary, he's trying to be Melamitzchus. So he can't bring in a Pasik that is a Teichacha. But in our parsha, where Moshe's purpose here is to reproach the Yidin, that Pasuk fits right in over here. Which means to say that the gold, the fact that the Yidin had gold, could be seen in two different ways. It could be seen on the one hand that the Abishar gave them the gold, and therefore it's the Abishar's fault. Or the Yidin are not they're not so much at fault. What do you do? You have a lot of gold. On the other hand, the gold is also a reason for the opposite. 
Here the Eibishter gave you such a beautiful gift, he gave you so much abundance, you turn around and you use that very gold against him. So in, logically speaking, you could say, You could say that it's a limut schus, but in the Pasik, that Pasik seems like a reproach. And therefore you can't use that Pasik as a limut schus. And therefore that Pasik fits in only in Parashat Dvarim, where Moshe is coming to be Moichiach the Yidin. So this answers our second question, why Moshe Rabbeinu does not, uh, why Rashi, I'm sorry, why Rashi does not mention this Pasuk in Parashat Kisisa, because in Parashat Kisisa it's not consistent with what Rashi is trying to explain. Rashi is trying to explain how Bechlau does this whole conversation come here in the middle of a, in the middle of a Bakasha Slicha. And he explains that Moshe Rabbeinu is being Lamed therefore the Pasuk doesn't fit. But in Parsha's Dvarim over here, in our Parsha, where Moshe is being Mechiach the Yidin, over here, that Pasik fits in very well, and therefore Dasha uses the Pasik here. That question is answered. This will lead us to the next, the answer to the next question, based on this, comes out that the gold is only a detail. The gold is either a reason to minimize the Chet, or it's a reason to uh, uh, emphasize the Chet, but it's just a detail. And therefore, since it's just a detail, we said in the, in the, in, in, in the, with regards to Tevil Velavon, that if it's just a detail, you can't name a place after it. So now that we see that the Zav is just a detail in the description of what happened, now we, the Zav can be a place. Because you don't name a place after a detail. That's what he's going to say in his Gimel. Al based on this, move on, it's understood. You can't say that Dizov is the name of a place. And it was named that because of there, that's where they made the Egel. Which was done because of the gold that was given to them. I know Al Shem Sibas Achet Shechatusham that the Zohav was the reason for the Chet because Al Pi Anal Harei, according to what we mentioned until here, Hey Lefiad Gosher Parsha Seinu Sheharei Zohu Yinshalei Safa B'Chaymar Achet. Whether you're whether you're looking in our parsha that emphasizes that the abundance of gold increases the severity of the sin. Whether you're looking at it for Parshas Kisisa, which is emphasizing the gold as something that minimizes the severity and the cause of the sin. But either way, it comes out that that the gold was only a small detail, a, 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 a side detail, in the manner in which the chet was done. Or a cause that helped out for the chet to happen. But not the core reason of the sin. The main reason that the Yidden sinned was because Moshe didn't come down from the mountain. So the gold was not the reason anymore. In other words, till now we could have said the gold was, we, 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 we were, we, till this point we were saying that the gold was a major part of the chait. It caused them to do the chait. But now we see that the gold is just there, it happens in what they used. Either it makes it worse, makes it better, but it's just a detail in what was used. Just like the, 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 the mun was white, the eagle was gold. 
ואם כן, לא מסתבר, לא יאמר, שהמוקים יקורי על שם פרט בכויבדה בקלוס פשע החייתה. It doesn't make sense to say that the place should be named after a detail in the severity or the lightness of the sin, of the, of the crime of the sinner. Or something that is, that is either something that was the sin itself or the thing it was which, with which it was done or the reason, like we said previously, uh, that a name of a place will either be named after the event or will be named after the thing with, with which the event was done or the cause of it. So if they named it the place Egel or if they named the place Boishesh, I know there's no such, I mean, Boishesh is more of a verb, but let's say something to do with the Shadish of Boishesh, fine, so Boishesh was the reason. Uh, Egel was the thing that they used, uh, fine. But if you're calling it Dizav, Zav is only a prat, tzdodi, in the oifen achet. And therefore, Rashi concludes that you can't name, you can't name uh, the, uh, the place Dizav and the Egla Zav because the Zav was only a prat in the chet. I just want to mention, before we go weiter, that um, initially we said, we emphasized the fact that Rashi says the word hechichon. We said the reason why he says hechichon is because, he, because since Dizav is not included in the rest of the Mekoyimis, because it's not a Mokim, so therefore Rashi says that it's part of the Teichachon. In the order 15, he emphasizes that because the Zav could be used as a non-Teichachon, as a Limutzchus, Therefore, Rashi emphasizes another reason why Rashi says the word Eichichon to emphasize that over here, the Zav is being used as a Teichicha and not as a Limutzchus because you can go both ways. Therefore, it's important for Rashi to say the word Eichichon. Okay. Now we're going to go to Eiz Dalit. In Eiz Dalit, we're going to focus on the word bishvil. When Rashi says that hechichan ala egel she'asu bishvil reiv zav. We just explained that the reiv zav was only a detail. If you say bishvil reiv zav, that they made the egel because of the gold, it sounds like the gold is the sibas achet. And if the gold is the sibas achet, then you could name a place after it. So we just explained, based on the Rashi in Bamidbar, in, 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 in Kisisa, and the Rashi in Dvarim here, in our Rashi, that Zav is only a Prat. But then why does Rashi say the word Bishvil Zav? And this will introduce a whole new element to the Sikhar. It still doesn't explain the Lashon of Rashi. Rashi should have said, he approached them for the Egel, which they made with the abundance of gold, or something similar, which they had. A Lashon that would tell us very clearly that this gold that they had 
from the Abishter, Mimenu Asuasa Egel, the Egel was used, was made out of that gold. The Lomanakadrashi Bishvil Devzavakulu. Why does Rashi use the word Bishvil? That it was made because of the gold. Loshina Madgisha Dizavayakain Sibasachet. A Loshina a term that emphasizes that the Dizav was like the cause, the reason for the sin. As if he's saying this because of the gold, the abundance of gold that they did the chayt. Ubefrat shemavur benidin didan shemavur didan kavanosid laachmir baachet v'leleipach. Especially since over here he wants to emphasize the severity of the sin. So, he, so if he said that it was because of the gold that Hashem gave them, that would be minimizing the sin. And even more so, if it's the sibas hachet then Dizov could be the name of the place. And we just explained that Dizov cannot be the name of the place because the Chet is only a Prat and not Sibasa Yoikris. So why did Rashi say Bishvil? Abir And now he brings in Abir, Al-Pichelek, Remez, Va'yenosh, Al-Tedesh, Pirish Rashi. In order to explain this, we have to go to Yenosh, Al-Tedesh. We have to go to the, more, to, the, to the deeper secrets of the Tedesh, the inner a uh, uh, dimension of Tera to understand a whole new level in what's going on over here in order to understand by Rashi use of the word Bishvil. In the beginning of Rashi, in the very first Rashi, Rashi says, that the Rabbeinu mentioned the sins in a remez, in a hint, not explicitly. In order to retain the cover, the dignity of the Yidden. Based on this, we could say, Rashi is telling us, Just like for the cover of the Yidden, Moshe concealed the actual hate and did not mention them explicitly. Even though his intention was to reproach them for it, came so too. And for this reason, for the reason that Moshe wants to retain the covenant of the Eden, Romas Moshe bidvar of Elu. Moshe hinted in his words, Gam alimutschus lahaktin chatoim Elu. Within the very words. That Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to hint the toichacha, the severity of the sin. He also used words that minimize the chatoim. Ki gam zehu kveidon shal Yisrael. This too is the covenant of the Yidden. Even though he's primarily coming to, to, to reproach them and emphasize the severity of the sin in that itself. In the very reproach, Moshe Rabbeinu alludes to the Limutzchus. That's not Moshe Rabbeinu. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's job is as their leader to be Moshiach them and to acknowledge the Goy within those very words themselves. He, he, he alludes to the Limutzchus. It's not enough to not mention the chait and hint it in Bamidbar Barav and the names of the places, but he also has to hint to the limutzchus. He also has to hint to the defense that the Yidden have for their 
Chatoim. The loch in case of Rashi Bishvil Revzov, and that's why Rashi teaches that Vedizov means Bishvil Revzov, the Rame is to hint la Limutschusanam, to mention the previously mentioned Limutschus, Sha'ato hu Shegaramto lahem Vachulu, that you Hashem, you caused them to sin because you gave them so much gold and so much uh, material matters, we call Chevtsom, Mayasu Shalayachtu, what do you expect from them? How do you expect them to not sin? So in the very in the very Teichach gufa, which we're explaining that the deserve is actually emphasizing the Goydelachet, that they use the gifts that Hashem gave them against him. We also say the word Bishvil to say that it was the fault of the gold. And that's a Limutzchus on the Yidin. In order 18, he mentions the Marsha that was brought in the order 14. If you remember, I mentioned the Gemara in Brachas in the name of Dveda Biyanai. That they were, they use the dizav as a limutzchus. The marsha says he actually learns it into the word vidizav, and he says if the emphasis here only was on the zav, it would have said vizav or something. The fact that it says vidizav, he says who adirabehisnatslusam. This is their justification. The mitayich rabezav ribuizav shenitam lehem also seigel that it was because of the dizav, the abundance of gold. So in so the, so. At this point, in Ovi, previously he brought it in the Ha'ara, but he, because it was not traditional Mikra. But now that we're going to the Yenish Altera, now we're saying that even according to the Yenish Altera, although the Dizav, Apipsutishal Mikra, is the Goydelachet, but in Yenish Altera, it is besides being Goydelachet, it's also a Limutzchus. And that's what Asi has the Lashon, Bishvil Revzav, to be Malamitzchus on the Yidin. That it was the fault of the gold and not so much their fault. Once we get to this, once we introduce this idea that Meshe Rabbeinu is being Malamit Schus on the Yidden, inside of his Teichacha, inside of his reproach of the Yidden, and all of these things. It, there is, is bimulamet schus. We're now going to find this in everything, almost everything. Since over here, Meisha is being careful in the covet of the Yidin, that he's not mentioning the names of the places, not mentioning the actual sin, but he's just mentioning the name of the place that refers to what happened there. Move on, it's understood. Just like by Vidizov, in the Teichacha itself, there is lies, limutzchus. Al derech zetzarich liyez gam b'shara teichachay. So pasuk zet, we must say that the same thing, because in all of them, Rashi is talking. It says kveidon shal Yisrael. So if we're trying to to retain the kveidon, the dignity of the Eden, it must mean that whenever Moshe mentions, also within his words, lie a limutzchus, a defense for the Eden for the aved for the chet. And now we're going to go through the Pasuk. And they are actually hinted in the words of the Pasuk, or in the Lashon of Rashi. So the first thing, the first word in the Pasuk is Bamidbar. So what does Rashi say? Because they angered him. 
when they went into the Midbar, Sha'amru, they said, the Pasuk says over there, Mi'yitin, I mentioned this in the beginning, Mi'yitin, Museinu, Biyad Hashem, Be'aretz Mitzrayim, if only we would have been died in the hands of Hashem, when we were still living in Mitzrayim. Bishiftainu al-Sir Abbasar, when we were sitting with a, with a pot of meat. Ba'akleinu lechav la'seva, when we were eating bread, to full, say, to, to when we were satiated by the bread. Why did you bring us out to this Midbar? Why is he alluding to this with the word Midbar? Midbar includes all the places. Why not mention the word Bamidbar? Why not mention instead of Bamidbar, say the name of the specific place where this complaint happened? In Pashas Peshalach, when this whole story happened, it says that the Yidin rested, which was between Elim and, and Midbar Sinai, or, or Sinai. And so the Moshe or Rashi should have said the name of the place. Why say Bamidbar? Which is a very general term, it doesn't tell us where it happened. Ella. But when the word midbar lies the actual limut schus on their taina. Since they were in this desert, that as the Pasik says in Parshas Akev, that this was a midbar, it was a great and, and, and awe-filled desert. A desert with snakes, scorpions, and, and, and thirst because there's no water there. And even though you could say this Ersten Parshas Ekev, but the Gamlith, Nei Parshas Seinu, this was already mentioned once before in a previous Parsha, Shamid Barumakum, Shon Nechashim Vakrabim. This was mentioned in Rashim Baalaischad, the Midbar had snakes and Akrabim. This is where, when it talks about Anani Akavid, it says that the Anani Akavid would keep the Nechashim Vakrabim out. So once you say that it's a Midbar, the Midbar was a horrible place. Was scary, and it had all these all these terrible uh, elements to that to it. So it's a very great nisayin. It's a great test for them to not say anything. Take me into a desert, a place which is filled with nachasar of akrav. You know, it's a terrible place. How how could you blame the Yidin for complaining? You can't blame them so much for this complaint. You would rather die in Yisrael. The Midbar was a place that they didn't know what was going to happen there. They didn't know all the brachas that were coming. Of course, it was a problem. It was a hate. You should have had the tachan and Hashem, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, by saying the word Amidbar, you say one second. After all, they were in Amidbar. They were in a terrible place. Vaita the Pasuk says, Ba'arava. Pidish Rashi Bishvila Arava. Because of what happened in the Arava. Shechatu Bebal Po'ir. They sinned with Balpa'er. Balpa'er is a getchke, is an idol, which took place in Shittim in Arvis Mayov. Arvis Mayov was between Beis Ayishimais and Avel Hashitim. So the Pasuk should have said that this took place by Shittim. If you're referring to this specific, to this specific, um, Chait, that took place Bishitim. So they should have said there wasn't a Bishitim. Why did it say Barav? 
In the word Ba'arava, there's a limutzchus on the Yidin. Watch the limutzchus. Ba'arava, Beis Kmutza, Hamishameshes B'makam Hei Ayadiyya. Ba'arava is like an Uruza, Ukilu Kasav Beha Arava, Hayadua. The Ba, the Kamat's Beis, in Diktuk means in the, in the Arava. As if you, the, 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 the known, the famous Arava. Arava general means a, a plain or a valley. It means a plain, it means flat ground. Um, not, not a mountain. So, Ba'arava, if you just say Ba'arava, it means any, any, uh, any plain area, any flat area. Ba'arava means it was in a specific, famous Arava. The, the Arava of Mayav. When the fathers of the nations of Moab and Amin were born, they were born from Lot's daughters who, uh, who uh, conceived from Lot himself after the Sdoim when they thought that the world was, was ending. They were the last people in the world. So, so the first daughter named her son Moab and the second daughter named her son Amin. So Rashi says, Mayav means from the father. She was not a modest person. Therefore, she publicized that this baby was born from, the, from her father. But the younger daughter that was more modest named him in a more uh, 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 clean name, a nation. And... and and uh, the younger daughter received the reward in the times of Mesha. With regards to the children of Amin, the nation of Amin, it said, do not start up with them at all. Do not tease them. Do not engage with them at all uh, as you're going through. When it came to Mayav, they were not allowed to go to war against Mayav, but they were allowed to engage with them, to cause them uh, pain, to, 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 to tease them. Rashi says, that he remembers the sins of the fathers, he remembers them by the children. Rashi explains, when do the sins of the fathers, when are they passed down to the children to, to, to punish them? When the ch- children do not follow in the father's ways, then you can't punish children. Then you can't punish children for their parents' sins or for their ancestors' sins. But when the children follow the sins this, of, of the ancestors, then they get punished for the sins of their ancestors. Why was it okay to cause pain or to tease the, the nation of Moyov just because of the sin of their mother, of their ancestress, who wasn't modest? Since it says that they could go to war, they, they, could, they can't go to war, but they could be Messiah them, they could cause them pain. Uh, uh, generations later, this forces us to say that the people of Mayav conducted themselves totally immodestly, and that's why it was okay to punish them with the sin of their mother, because they too were engaged in the same sin of Hepachatznias.
Now we understand why the Pasek says it was in the Arava, in Arvois Moyav, in the plains of Moyav. This was a Limutschus, a defense for the sin of Baal Nus, because the cause and the reason for the Baal Pa'or was the Chet of Znus. Rashi brings in Parshish Balak that the, the Yidin were sinning with the B'nai Smoyav. So what would happen is, when the person was in the throes of the Taiva, the man was in the throes of the Taiva, and he wants to be with the uh, Moyavia. So she would take out the Poir, the Getzke, and she would say, bow down. And because of the passion of the, of the, of the Taiva, he couldn't think straight, and he would do the Avedizara also. So the whole reason that they did, that they ended up sinning in the Avedizara of Poir, is because of this Nus. Where did this news come from? Mikivon Shaoyu Bemokim Baarvis Moyav, they were in the place of Arvis Moyav, Shall Pritus Rabba that was totally promiscuous and totally uh, engulfed in this sin. So this, the, the test was so great. So by mentioning that it was Baarov, that it was an Arvis Moyav, not Bashitim, if you say Bashitim, you don't know where, no Bashitim, okay, just another place. But, but, but the Pasik says Baarava, and Rashi says Bashitim Be'arvaismayav, in order to explain to us that after all the Yidin were in a place that was Shatuf uh, Bezima, uh, uh, um, it, was, it was overcome, overrun with promiscuity, with Hepechatznius, and therefore the fact that the Yidin succumbed to it, you know, the play, that's, what the, that's the place they were in. Again, it's not uh, still a hate, but a shtikulim mutzchus you have over here because the nisayin was so great. Vaiter the pasuk continues meil suf. Meil suf refers to dashiyam ashimru biyamsuf. They rebelled against the against the yebister by the yamsuf, and Rashi brings two 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 rebellions. Number one, bevoyam the yamsuf when they came to the yamsuf. They didn't want to go in. They wanted to go back. And they said, They said, Aren't there enough uh, 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 places to bury people in Mitzrayim? Why did you have to bring, me, bring us all the way here to die and to drown in the Yamsuf? And also when they came out of the Yamsuf, when they came out of the Yamsuf, that they rebelled against the Abish there in the Yamsuf. So I want to mention something over here from Ma'ara 34. Rashi says, as it says in Erkin. Now the Gemara in Erkin says that when they came out of, when they came out of the Yamsuf, they rebelled against the Abishter, and they said, just like we're coming up on this side, the Mitzrayim are coming up on the other side. We weren't saved. Now the Rebbe in Ma'ara 34 says, that this is not the rebellion that Rashi is talking about. Rashi is talking about a rebellion where the Yidin refused to leave the Yamsuf. They were so busy collecting Biza Sayam that it says, Vayasa Bal Karcham, that Mesha was forced, Mesha forced them to leave the Yamsuf. Why? 
why does the, why does he say that that's the thing that that's the that's the sin? Because that's Pshutas Omikra. The fact that 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 uh, that they were they, they said Kishem Shano Eli Mitzad Echad, so to the Mitzdim or Gobek on the other side is not Pshutas Omikra. So it can't be that that's what Rashi is referring to. So it must be that Rashi is referring to the fact that they were collect, so busy collecting Bizas Ayam, the, the loot. Of uh, that came off of the Mitzrayim who died in the Yamsuf or from the wagons and the, everything that was was uh, was uh, 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 drowned in the water that they, they didn't want to leave they were busy collecting and it's very this is very relevant because you'll see in a moment in, in the Limut Chus that it's all about the fact that they were collecting from the Biza Sayyam and Rashi and and Rabbi says in the other continues in the other thirty four that how does Rashi know that there was two rebellions. Because it says Moil Suf, opposite the Yamsuf, and he doesn't say when it was. If it was in the fir- on, on the on the east side or on the west side, the Mitzrayim side or the Midbar side, so therefore Rashi says it must be both. Also, when he brings the pasuk by Yamru al Yam Yamsuf, he says Yamru al Yam Yamsuf. It sounds like this twice, al Yam Yamsuf. So therefore Rashi derives from this that there were two rebellions. So it's just, it's just not, not, not mamish negea, but it, 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 it sort of gives you a clarity a little bit into how the Rebbe learns that posik and how the Rebbe learns this Rashi of a Yamra, Yam Yamsuf, that there was two rebellions. One was going into, going into the Yamsuf, that they did not want, that, that, that they were saying that we want to go back to Mitzrayim and, 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 and be buried in Mitzrayim rather than drowning in the Yamsuf. And one, when they came out of the Yamsuf, that they didn't want to leave the Yamsuf, they wanted to be collected, the business of Yam. We'll move on to Here the Limutschus, you don't even have to say that it's hinted anywhere, the Limutschus is obvious. On the way to the Yam, there was no practical way according to nature that they could be saved. Behind them were the Mitzrayim, in front of them was the Yamsuf, the Chulu. So therefore, obviously, what did you want from them? What did you expect? I mean, of course, they were still considered a hate because there was a rebellion. But at the same time, they were, they, they were stuck between Mitzrayim and the Yamsuf. So that's, that, that's the Limut Chus. So when they were leaving the Yam, they were involved in Biza Sayyam, which is why the Rebbe explained in R34 that this is what it's referring to, that, they, that when they were leaving the Yam, they were busy collecting the loot. Something the Abishter himself wanted that they should be involved in this. So this is you caused it, the Abishter. You told them get involved with the Biza Sayyam. In order 16 on the bottom, he mentioned that it was the Abishter that split the Yamsuf, and therefore the Bizas Hayam came to them from the Abishter. That's one of the places where you see that the Abishter wanted the Bizas Hayam, otherwise he could have left it all under the Yam, they could have left all the Biza under the, to, to, to have drowned. The fact that the Abishter split the Yamsuf and was able, and they were able to see the Biza was obviously because the Abishter wanted them to collect it. We'll move on, Gadel Chafsun, to customers, as we understand the day, that why they didn't want to be there to collect it. And, and and not leave. So it's again a, a shtikol limutzchos. And even though he doesn't say it so clearly, because first of all, you don't really need it hinted in the Pasik. But yesh loimar, that from the words moil suf, that it was opposite the yamsuf, is describing where they were. 
They were Mo'il Suf, and therefore they were, they, they, they were in danger of, of drowning in the Yam Suf. Or on the way out, they were Mo'il Suf, they were right there in front of all the Bizas Ayam. And what did you want from them? So therefore, there's another Limus on the Yidin that they, that they uh, 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 rebelled against the Abyssin by the Yam Suf. It was only to be expected. Bain Padon. So Rashi said by Bain Padon, he said, what they did in Midbar Param through the Miraglim. But that Bain Param is the Chet Miraglim. Why the long loss of the Almasha also in Midbar Param al Yudea Miraglim? He wants to emphasize, he wants to point out that the chet was because of the miraglim. They convinced and seduced the yidin. For the miraglim, the yidin would never have sinned the sin. So again, here you don't see it in the Pasik. It says, it says, it says, but in the Lashon of Rashi, Al Miraglim, you see the limutzchus. Uvein teifel v'lavon. The pasuk continues. Shetaflu. Rashi says, Shetaflu alamon. They they spoke negatively about the man shehu lavon. Mashemadgish can't live in a man. The fact that he mentions over here the whiteness of the man. According to Yenish according to Chesidus, who shemikivon shehamon ayu lavan, alhaya lavan, because the man was white, cholok umufshet mikotseva, it was smooth and it was devoid of a color, it was colorless. Ve'alderech pirish Rashi shemoshes shimus kozayin yimei amiluim b'cholok lavan. Like Rashi explains, it says that Moshe served the shimus yimei amiluim in a white coat. I'm I. I'm not sure what this prat is, Moisif. And I looked in the Rashi, and Rashi doesn't say anything else over there. So I'm not exactly sure what this specific example of Moshe serving with a white coat, with a white uh, during Zion and Luim, adds to this discussion. But um, but uh, talking about the color of white. It's not just white, it's, it's colorless. It's almost like you would say it's transparent. It's so simple, it's so, uh, uh, that, that it can't be touched with a hand. They couldn't truly enjoy it. When you see the cut, when it's the color of meat, when it's the color, and, 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 you could, and you could cut into it, and you cut a piece, then you enjoy it, there's a taiva over there. When you're talking about a colorless crystal, and it brings in the other 37 star, that she'ein noireya ve'oichel, in other words, it could taste like anything, the man tasted like anything, but it wasn't, you didn't see yourself eating it. You didn't feel like you were cutting it, biting into it, and, and, and seeing what you were eating. When you can't see what you're eating, you have less enjoyment in the food. You know, people say that the presentation, it's all about the presentation. Same piece of food, if it's presented nicely, people enjoy it more. But if you can't even see what you're eating at all, then you're, then you're missing out a big part of the enjoyment. So because the fact that the man was white, 
it, 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 it robbed them of some of the enjoyment of the food. This detail, the fact that it was lovon, this leaves open some space to complain about the man. Now, the taina wasn't about the whiteness of the man. And because of that, we can't say that the, that the name of the place was Lavan. Because if, it, if the Taina was about the Lavan, about the whiteness of the Mon, then we could have said that it was named Lavan after the Taina. We said earlier that it's not like that. But the color of the Mon caused an opposition to the Mon. You know, once the Mon was, was white, it already made it less enjoyable, and therefore it brought about, it triggered the complaint against the man in general. I didn't like the whole idea of the man. It started from the fact that it was white and they didn't connect to it, they didn't feel like they were eating it, they didn't see what they were eating, they couldn't touch, the, they couldn't touch it. So by saying the table of Lavan that it was white, is a limut schus, that you, because they weren't given colorful food, co colored food, that they could see and touch and feel, it gave them a lack of enjoyment and caused them to lose interest in the mud in general. Finally, the Rashi says, he could have just said the words the Machlekes of Kairach and his and his group and his congregation. Why say Shel Kairach that the that the Machlekes belonged to Kairach? Now, similar to what we said before about the Meraglim, that he's he's alluding to this detail. A Machlekes says Rak Shel Kairach. It was Kairach's fight. It wasn't the Yidden's fight. Kairach was the one who convinced them to join with him. And like we learned in the Sikhah Chilikid Gimelan Parshas Kairach, that Moshe is coming to defend the Yidin, and he says that this is Kairach's fight, and why is everyone getting punished because of it? Uketainas Moshe, Aish Echad Yechta, Akaleida Tiksef, Avsha Lapayel Pita, school of even though Kairach was successful in convincing all of them, nevertheless, why did they all join? Because of Kairach's Pituyim, because of Kairach's convincing. So therefore, it's a Limut Schus. Not for Kairach coming and, and, and haranguing the, the Eden that they should join his fight, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't, they may not have joined. So again, it's a Limutschus on the Eden that there was one person here that triggered the fight. And of course, Vidiza, which is the end of the Pasik, we already started with that Limutschus, that it was Abish that gave them so much gold. Umayasa, Benchalayachta, what do you expect with so much gold? How do you expect them to not sin? Based on this, now we understand, it's just, it's just so incredible that after learning this Pasuk, where Moshe is being Moshiach, he's reproaching the Yidin and telling them all the things that they did wrong along the way. Obviously for the reason that they shouldn't do it again, we find in each one of them, a limutzchus, not only will be melamutzchus on them, for what they did, but in the very words of the Pasik, or in the very words of Rashi, in the Teichacha itself, 
you find a limutzchus. And the very thing that the Meisha is reproaching them for and being meichiach them for in the Teichecha itself, you find the limutzchus. That's a Meisha Rabbeinu. That's, that's only a Meisha Rabbeinu. We have to be like Meisha Rabbeinu, but Meisha Rabbeinu leads the way that even while he is forced to be meichiach ayid, in the Heichacha itself, there's a limutzchus. And this we're going to connect in Eizvav to Tisha B'Av and to the time that we find ourselves in right now. In Parsha Dvarim we read always either on the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av or B'Shabbos Tisha B'Av Atzma. If I'm not mistaken, this Vabrengin, which is from Shabbos Parsha Dvarim Tavshin Lamed Aleph, that was actually the day of Tisha B'Av. When the Rebbe said this, but uh, this year, Dvarim uh, is, is, is Dalad of, which is the Shabbos Chazoyin, the Shabbos before Tishabov. And this also is applicable to this idea. The whole idea of Bein Amitzarim, the days between Shivas and Betamus. And Tishabov, the time itself is reproaching the Yidin. This is a time that the Beis Amikdash was destroyed. You have to improve your ways to be able to bring the Binyan Beis Amikdash and the Gula. So Rashi comes to teach us right in the beginning of the Parsha. Even in this Teichecha of the Churban Beis Amikdash, even in this Teichecha of this time that we find ourselves in, the Abish there is being Nizer in the covet of Yidin. The ultimate purpose of the Teichecha and the being in Golos, is for the purpose to raise up the covet of the Yid. That while the Abish there is being Mechiach us, while the Abishter is being Mechiachas in this time of Ben Amitzarim, Nikir Kvedin Shal Yisrael, you will see the covet of Yidin. Now the Pirish Rashi, the Grashi says that in the Techechagufa you see the covet of Yidin. In the Fabrengen, it happens to be that in the Fabrengen, the Rebbe, Rebbe started with this Nikudah. The Rebbe started that I that we find ourselves in this time of, 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 of the Bein HaMitzadim. The Mele, it's a time of, it's a Mele, it's a time of, 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 of the Yerida of Golos. In Golos Gufe, Hadir Eibishter Arangishtel Digiola. It's a lesson in the, in the Hanacha. In Golos itself, the Eibishter the already put the Gula. In the Teichacha, you find the Kvetin Shal Yisrael. Where do you see this? One of the examples where you see in the Golos itself, you see the Geula, or the Kvetin Shal Yisrael, who mashakasu betchilas megilas eicha. What it says in the beginning of Eicha, Eichva Yashva Vadad Vigaymer. How does she sit so lonely, so lonesome? It's referring to Yerushalayim, in the Pashtab Shat. Referring to the Yidin, 
So yes, but so and it's talking about the sadness, the tragedy that Yerushalayim and the Yidin are bothered. They're alone. They're without the Abish there. They're without they're without each other. They're without the Beis Hamikdash. But there is also a positive aspect in this Badad. When it says in the Pasuk in Parsons Bolok that the Eden are in Am Levadad Yishkin, they dwell alone. And they're not reckoned amongst the nations. That Eden do not mingle with the Goyim. As, as, as an example, Hashem and the oil does not mix with water, but it stays on top. So to Yidin do not mingle with Goyim. This is the the Shal Yisrael that even in Golos, and even in a time where we find ourselves. Nevertheless, we are bodod. Or we have to be bothered. We are bagoyim leis chasa. We don't mishlach. We don't mingle with the goyim. And this is kvetan shal Yisrael. And this is a chalik of the geula. That's within the galus. That we retain our, our dignity and we retain our identity. And it is with this maila. Of Echa Yosef Adad, Shehim and Yisrael, that we don't mingle, we don't mix, we don't get lost amongst the Goyim, we don't blend in with the Goyim, but we stand out as an Am Levadad Yishkein, Niske will be Zecha. Shetizgale Kvedon Shal Yisrael, Begoli, that we will see in a revealed way the covet of the Yidden, Bebinyan Beis Amigdash Ashlishi. With the rebuilding of the third base of Mikdash, Shagamu Nirmas with Pasik Zeb, which is also Nirmas, also hinted in the Pasik Echa Yasser Vadad. There's a Maimon from the Rebbe, Echa, Tafshin Lamed Allah, from the same Frebrengen. It's a Mugadik Maimon. And it's based on the Rishimis of the Tzemach Tzedek, on Echa. And in the Maimon, he brings that Badad refers to Betach Badad Ein Yankif. And Ein Yankiv refers to the base of Mikdash Ashlishi. Says Leika Avram there was a Har, and Leika Yitzchak there was a, a, a um, I don't remember, but but by the Yankiv it's called Bais because by Yankiv it's eternal. So Betach Bodod Ein Yankiv is a reference to the base of Mikdash Ashlishi, which is forever, and it uses the the word Bodod. So the word Bodod is a is a remez. To the base of Mikdash Ashlishi. So from Eicha Yosef Adod, which starts out as a Golos, that were Badod, that were alone, it symbolizes or it signifies the Badod, the Kvedon Shal Yisrael, that we are not Misarevim Umais, but even in Golos we retain our dignity and our identity. And this brings to Badod, to the base of Mikdash Ashlishi, Sheyibonne Bimeheda of Yamenu Bagaladidan may be, may, may be built. built. Speedily in our days and Bagola Didan an hour now. So this is the Sikha, the 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 understanding the entire Pasik as one big limutzchus for the Yidden for all the things they did wrong throughout the Midbar. And the idea that that we find ourselves in a time 
of Ed of Tishabov or Bein Hametzarim, that we have to know that inside the Golos lies the Geula. Inside this Tkufazman lies the ability for us to bring the Geula and the Binyan Beis Hamikdash, and we see it in the in the Echayas of Adad. But of course, it's much more than that. It means that now there's the greatest possibility for Geula is now. Because the yes, that there is a toichacha, there's a yerida of being in Golos and the, and the Zman is being mechiach as the time is calling to us and saying, Chevra, it's time to bring the Geula. We're, middle, middle, we're in a time of, of, of Churban Beis Amikdash. In that toichacha, in that call itself, lies the greatest possibility for the Geula. And all we have to do is to do kol atoli biyodeinu through being bodot, through not being misarev imu'umos, and through all the other things that the Rebbe demanded of us during this tkufas man of Beinah Mitzorim to bring down the gula amitis vashlema now mamash.